Welcome to Follow Your Kind Podcast, a show where we explore the meaning of kindness and how we can express it in our daily lives. My name is Christina and I'm your host. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Follow Your Kind Podcast and we are back to Atlanta Heroes and today I have Brittany Summerlin. Uh, who is my friend uh, from Emory Healthcare. That's where I met you first mm-hmm. at. And uh, Brittany is um, a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she has a long um, and wonderful education in many different areas, including public health. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited to have her on the show today because uh, she actually was one of the people who helped me to find the path of where I am today. And being in a position where I am today that is a lot more focused on wellness and preventative medicine and lifestyle medicine within Emory. So um, she was one of the key components of making that happen. And she also just recently uh, launched her own website that um, helps people find uh, their... Well, actually, I'm going to let her tell you about it. Uh, uh, So we have Brittany here, and uh, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, what you do today. Hey, yeah, thanks. You know, the company I just launched that you mentioned, um, we got the paperwork signed today, but I put my website up about two weeks ago, and the whole purpose is to, you know, reach out to people who are looking for nutrition guidance, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that does center on plant-based eating, because that's what I do personally, but it's not entirely focused on that. It's more of, you know, if someone is looking for a nutrition component for their health journey, I want to help provide that, or at least meet with them to see if I'm that right support person for them, because... You know, it, I might, my approach might not be right. So just even getting my information out there and just giving them an idea of these are the resources they have is good for, it's a good idea for a lot of people. Um, and then the other part of it is to provide support for the type 1 diabetes community. Yeah. I have type 1 diabetes and there is, oh gosh, no nutritional support for us specifically. You know, there's dietitians and there's um, certified diabetes educators, but the diabetes educators and the dietitians in the outpatient clinics really focus on type 2 because that's the prevalent chronic condition right. affecting, oh my gosh, everybody. Um, and type 1 is an autoimmune disease and our management is really different. So I wanted to also um, make sure that people know that they've got a resource in the Atlanta area as mm-hmm. well if they want some nutrition guidance for type 1 specifically. So that's this the point of all that. Well, this is really cool. The website sounds great. And we were just talking a little bit before the show about the fact that you just got all of your paperwork finished today. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. It's I'm official. Su- right. It's such a perfect timing. Yeah. Okay. And we're definitely, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about the website and the work that you do. And I really like your philosophy that I was looking um, earlier uh, through. But maybe we could just start, uh, take a step back and start by you telling your story and how you uh, found plant-based diet um, and kind of what drove you to do the work that you do today because you do ha- have a quite an interesting track of the different education routes that you have been through uh, so I'm curious to hear that. Yeah um, well nutrition is a second career path for me. Um, my first you know I started college and did not really understand what I wanted to do and what existed and I 
just kind of got into communications. And so my first degree is in um, media, journalism, writing for radio, writing for TV, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I started working and really didn't find a passion behind anything I was doing. I was just doing kind of basic operations, logistical type of work and thought, you know, I should be doing stuff with diabetes. So it's like, all right, well, I'll pursue my master's in public health because that was a pathway to become a certified diabetes educator. Did and you then, already have diabetes at that time? Yeah, yeah. I was diagnosed in 95. Uh, okay. um, I was, oh gosh, 10. So, yeah, it's, it's been a minute. You know, it's been ever present. You know, I really mm -hmm. don't know a life without diabetes. And I'm, it's funny to look back on it now and think, why didn't I go into something related to diabetes right away or the healthcare field? But it just took me a while to kind of start connecting that that's where my passion was, and you can do work with things that you're passionate about. Um, it just took me a while to figure that part out. But so I got my master's in public health, and uh, you know they changed the requirements around being a diabetes educator. And at the time, I was so bummed because I just put this work into this master's degree, um, but it ended up being really serendipitous because not being able to get there forced me to think back on like how, you know, to look at my education components, my experience and notice that I did not have any um, clinical training or nutrition focused training to do the work that people with diabetes would need. And so that's when I started to pursue the registered dietitian route. And so I went back to school for that. Um, you know, and I didn't really go into it with any kind of intent other than I want to work with diabetes. I want to support that community. But it was working at Emory with the preventive medicine program that exposed me to lifestyle medicine and it exposed me to plant-based mm -hmm. um, ways of eating and, and approach. And it was so different than, you know, the vegan diet and the vegetarian diet and the DASH diet and the med, because there's a, there's a philosophy behind it, you know? And science. There's, oh, and uh, science. Gosh, that what, part. What, there is science? There, I know. Do people even care about the science? <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's like the biggest part is that evidence-based component where it's, you know, um, it's not just kind of like an idea. It's here's the proof, right? We've done the scientific research. We've got all these studies. We know what the best way to eat for our bodies and for our health is. Um, but here's how you do that. But I think some of the other ways of eating sometimes miss a bit of that is they don't provide the support behind it. It's more about, you know, emotional pleas or... Um, just kind of philosophies, and I think those are great as well. I don't want to discount them, but to really get people to start to buy into it, we've got to appeal to everybody, and I think the evidence, the science, is going to give us that kind of backing to get more people to, to buy in. That's why people listen to medical professionals, right? Like, well, they know the science, and they've done the research, and they, they know it all, so let's show them. We also have that for plant-based. It's just not... Um, had as, as much exposure, as yeah. much time as the other kind of ways of eating. So This is so interesting. I think you're the first person that I've talked to that uh, came on this path through science, which <laughs> actually should be maybe logical for us as intellectual beings who usually yeah. look for logic solutions. But most of the time I hear, you know, there was, a, I don't know, something about some crisis in health or mm -hmm. it's animal rights or yeah. it's information about environment. But I don't think I've spoken to anybody who came through this through actual medical science. So this is so interesting. Yeah. And how wonderful that you were actually 
that lifestyle medicine and preventive clinic that you were exposed to actually did the job. I know. I could not. <laughs> yes. uh, it was such a, yeah, everything kind of happened for a reason, you know? Weird degree, didn't get to be a certified diabetes educator. Just all these things kind of led me to this path and then exposed me to these amazing doctors who were like, look at this research. And that's what they are teaching in the um, preventive medicine curriculum as well, is like there's lifestyle medicine that we can be doing to prevent all these de diseases versus just the kind of like medicinal, right. um, you know, approaches to that. So mm -hmm. it's, it was really amazing. Um, so, you know, while I was working at Emory, I finished up my dietetic studies and uh, then was accepted into the Emory Dietetic Internship. And, you know, that is a clinical kind of crazy hospital inpatient, really intense, high acuity scenario. You know, that place is, they see the sickest of the sick and it's amazing, but it also gave me exposure to some really just kind of amazing experiences that I think gave me the skill set to walk away and feel confident to start my own practice mm -hmm. and kind of get out there and feel okay with talking to people about you know, the nutrition component and the lifestyle component, but also chronic conditions that they might have, right? I've got a chronic condition, and although I wish a plant-based diet would cure it, um, not everything can be cured, but I can help manage it. And I think that that's it's important to also notice, you know, think about the people who've got chronic conditions that aren't going to go away either, but how do we do the best um, with them with plant-based? That's a really good point. And I'm curious, so you, you mentioned a few times that you uh, find passion in being able to support the community with the type 1 diabetes. Where is that coming from? Is, it, is that because you don't think there is adequate resources for them or why maybe you experienced um, uh, cases where you didn't feel like you had enough information or support? Where is that coming from? Why do you think there is a need for that? Yeah, I, I think that's just a lifetime of experience of um, people telling me how my if I would just change my diet, I could cure my diabetes. And I understand, like, it's difficult to know the difference between type 1 and type 2 unless you have a family member with it or you've done a lot of research. Even some of the dietitians I know really struggle with maintaining how different those two conditions are. And a lot of us would argue that I, we shouldn't even have the same disease name, right? The, the approaches are. It me why are yeah. they calling it the same. I know. Well, you know, it's all about insulin production. Um, you know, type 1, we don't produce any insulin, and unfortunately, you have to have it to live. And then in type 2, you do produce insulin, but you're not utilizing it as efficiently, right? Okay. So over time, that starts to affect everything. But, you know, one in one thing, you've got an autoimmune process that shuts down parts of an organ's function, and in the other one, you're, you know, it's just kind of diminishing its ability to work effectively. But... Type 2 can be managed, it can be reversed, it can be treated with diet. And that's the big thing is that, you know, people just assume, oh, you've got diabetes. Well, uh, my grandmother drank vinegar three times a day and cured her diabetes. And um, <laughs> if you would just uh, run or, you know, walk or get some exercise, you could just cure it right away. And it's like, oh, gosh, okay, that's not, that's not how it is. But that, you know, that's just not community members that say that that's doctors and dietitians and diabetes educators. Sometimes they get it a little wrong. They're, I'm going to give them more credit than the um, physicians and dietitians, but um, healthcare professionals 
have a hard time keeping them separate too. And so I just felt like, you know, if I wanted to get support specifically from a medical professional who knew what it was like to have type one, how would I find them? And it's been really tough to find doctors that have it or know it, you know? I've even looked, I'm like, I want my, um, all my providers to have a knowledge in type one. Well, that's really difficult unless they're in endocrinology, so. Yeah. Anyway, it's my tiny, little, tiny bit of support I can provide because I've, you know, got this background and got this training and I can provide this kind of coaching, but I also know really intimately what it's like to manage diabetes for type 1. So, you know, that was kind of the, the motivation behind it. And plus my endocrinologist was like, oh my gosh, let me know when you open a practice so I can refer people to you because they don't know, you know, the people he's referring to, the dietitians, they don't know about it either. Uh -huh. They're great people, they're very smart, but type one is so complicated and so complex and has so many variables to manage. I'm not, I don't even fault any of those people for not knowing right. enough about it. So, plus, you know, I'm really plugged into the um, JDRF community, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, they have a young leadership committee here and I'm plugged into them and everybody I talk to from the new new diagnosed to the people I call like me or the, like the lifers. We've had it for our, most of our life. Um, there's still nutrition questions. They ask me things all the time and it's like, wow, if I was a family with a young kid trying to figure this stuff out, where could the parents go? Where could these kids find support? So that's the motivation behind it. You know, it's just, I think there's a need and I'm hopeful I'll be able to fill it a little bit or at least give people resources or referrals if they need that too. So. Absolutely. That's, that's so great. So you see that there is a need and then you also obviously have a lifetime of experience to, to show for it and, and so immersed in the science and have so much education behind you and experience to help. That, yeah. that definitely makes sense. Um, so how did your um, relationship with food or how did your um, nutrition, your daily nutrition uh, change if it did once you started learning more about the effects of the plant-based diet. How was that transition? Yeah, um, the transition was pretty easy. I just kind of started slow, right? Like it was like stepping stones, like vegetarian is an easier stepping stone into vegan and vegan isn't a really natural stepping stone, I think, to plant-based. And I don't include vegan and plant-based diets in the same category. Mm -hmm. I think that they've got some pretty clear differences that, you know, make them mutually exclusive. But um, I think, and I think this is the biggest complaint from everybody is cutting out the cheese, everybody, the dairy. Nobody wants to get rid of dairy. Um, and I had done vegetarian before, so I was used to it. It was just kind of I think the biggest shift for me was doing more research into preparing my own food, understanding where it was coming from, and trying to make it more whole foods focused. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really easy to do any type of diet by just going to the store and buying whatever is produced for us. But that the nutritional profile of those foods is so inferior compared to the whole food itself. And I'm not going to say, you know, processed food is bad because there are some great options in processed food and even things, you know, like whole grain breads, those are technically processed. I mean, that's fine, right? There's a level of processing that's totally fine. Um, it was just, it was getting more into like, where's my food coming from? Why am I buying this if I don't have to? I can control the ingredients if I make it myself. And it was that cooking, like taking on the cooking and prep 
that was the biggest challenge and hurdle the biggest like opportunity for knowledge gain there so mm -hmm. yeah did you notice so um your I imagine you go to your endocrinologist as, as, a, as a, on a regular basis for, for a checkup. Did he mm -hmm. change? Or what were the changes in your body or maybe some of, in some of the ways that uh, your diabetes was expressing itself once you were making the changes? Um, well, you know, the, the only thing that really changes with a diet change for diabetes is how much insulin I'm taking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't have a ton of changes because my carbohydrate intake really didn't change. Although, um, okay. So for example, if you eat something with like the simple, uh, processed refined sugar, that is going to spike your blood sugar really quickly. Right. And so that's going to have a different effect on the type of insulin you, you know, how much and when you can take it versus eating those complex carbs that are going to take a long time. And that's what we get from whole foods, right? Cause we've got all the good fiber in there. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to slow down that rise. And so, just becoming more cognizant of if I give myself this insulin he, now, I need to understand that my rise in blood sugar is not going to be as drastic because all of the carbohydrates I'm consuming are coming from those whole plant-based sources. Um, you know, as far as like labs and, and that impact, you know, my cholesterol has dropped, my blood pressure has dropped, everything has gone down as far as like those general um, metabolic markers. But, you know, in diabetes management, it's, just made it a little bit simpler because those uh, rises and falls in my blood sugars aren't so stark anymore. Um, and that's a bit easier. And, you know, once you remove the, like the animal protein, animal proteins and a lot of that processed food have, you know, they're saturated fat. That's where we get all of that from. But having like really high sources of saturated fat like that really slows down the absorption too. And so that makes insulin management, insulin dosing really difficult too. So getting rid of that variable has been really helpful. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So it seems like, um, and as you said earlier, not all diseases can be cured and diabetes, the that the one is uh, uh, not type one diabetes is not something that you can cure with any diet. That's even if you do the raw vegan, plant based, whole food, whatever <laughs> yeah. you call it. Yeah, I but, wish I would right? do it. <laughs> but what I'm hearing is that it makes the the management of it maybe a little bit easier because it takes out those swing swings and the extremes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The more um, plant based foods that you're eating, and the more complex carbohydrates, they lower the wide swings that you're going to get and they they don't cause that like really severe um digestion delays that come with eating like a heavy burger meal or eating a steak like that stuff takes a long time for your body to break down and that changes the management so yeah 100 percent and that for somebody who, uh, so for some of the listeners who are maybe not familiar with type 1 diabetes and what the management um, of it entails and kind of poses any limitations on your food or workouts, can you give just like a brief uh, overview maybe of the things that you either have to do during the day or things that you cannot do or have to be really mindful of before doing to give people an idea? Yeah, yeah. So uh, because I don't produce any insulin of my own, I have to, I wear an insulin pump. You can take insulin through shots, but I wear an insulin pump, so I'm getting a small continuous delivery of insulin all the time. And then when I eat, I can use the pump's controller to tell it to give me more insulin. That just replaces the shots. And so that's really nice because I have flexibility in eating. 
Um, and I can also turn that insulin rate off if my blood sugars are going too low. So insulin will bring your blood sugars down, mm -hmm. glucose, sugar, carbs, food, that kind of stuff will bring your blood sugar up. So it's all about management. Um, I also wear a continuous glucose monitor and that is just reading my blood sugar all the time. And so what that lets me do is react if I'm going too high or too low so I can either eat or take insulin or do whatever else I have to do, but it helps avoid those big swings as well. Um, both, either direction of that swing is uh, fatal, essentially, if you don't treat, right? If it goes too low, I'll die. If it goes too high, you'll die. One just happens quicker than the other. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not something you can just kind of be like, eh, I'll worry about it later. It has, you have to, you have to take care of it. Um, so, you know, that's, what else do I do? Oh gosh, every meal, every food, every emotion, anything that could ever affect your digestion or your blood sugar or your hormones changes blood sugar. So I have to um, account for all that. And that happens at every meal. So, and then if I want to exercise, I have to prepare a couple hours ahead of time with eating because you have to raise your blood sugar to work out. Otherwise, it will drop low, which is, again, very dangerous. So, wow. It's a lot. Yeah, it's constant. That's the mental gymnastics of type 1 is, um, I, it's unparalleled. I can't think of anything else that requires constant thinking. Yeah. And you've been at it since you were 10. Yeah, I'm 33, so it's been 23 years. You know, and the technology really didn't change. The technology I have now is um, really, really great and makes it a lot easier, but I used to do all of that manually, right? So the calculations and checking my blood sugar and um, calculating the insulin and, you know, estimating the carbs. We have all this technology now, like the internet, right? The internet gives me access to the carb count on almost any food. And that is, oh gosh, well, we used to just either look it up in a book or just have to know it. Um, but it's gotten, a lot, it's gotten a lot easier. And I'm pretty hopeful, you know, that we'll get to a point where we've got all this stuff automated, but we're getting there. We're getting close. So hopefully. Wow. Yeah. How did it, if you don't mind sharing, how did it and still, how does it influence you on like, mental levels or emotional levels having that are you completely used to it or did it make you I'm sure it made you more resilient but how do you look at that how do you look at the journey from the perspective of like personal growth and how it made you the person you are today yeah I it's a great question I think it forces you to grow up really really quickly because the consequences of not doing something are so grave and you know it it made my relationship with food very different than I think most people's. I very quickly, food was not anything but something to calculate that you need for your insulin, right? And so it kind of removed a lot of the emotional ties that we, I think people in general, tie to food. And I, that's been really helpful in making big dietary changes, you know, going from total meat eater eating hot dogs and pizzas and all that stuff to going to vegetarian and cutting out all the, you know making all those steps has been a lot easier I think for me because I've got less of a emotional tie to food you also have a lot on the line <laughs> yeah so uh, I think that that really helps you know chronic disease is really really tough and it it'll wear you down 
a lot. But, it's, you know, I don't know. I kind of hit a point. I was really um, a little bit sad about it. Every, like maybe once a year, just get really sad about having to take this on and a lot of why me's and it's not fair. And eventually it was like, what, why me? Why not me, right? Like, things happen to people. It doesn't have any weight on whether I'm a good person or a bad person. It just happened. It, it is what it is. And I think having this condition has, you know, let me develop relationships with people that I would have never had before and um, really let people open up to me about their relationship with food because they don't understand how I can do some things and they're trying to figure it out how it relates to what I do and what they do. And um, I don't know. It's been good, ultimately. I wouldn't wish it on anybody for personal growth purposes. I think we could get there without it. Uh, but it's really, it forces you to like step back and say like, am I going to face this challenge? Am I going to take it on? Or am I just going to wallow and let it swallow me up and, and that's it, right? So yeah, it was, it's just a little bit of a, a wake up call, but I think through the, I had to go through some emotional turmoil when I was really young. You know, 10 is a really young age. And then being a teenager, you know, hormones and trying to figure yourself out. And so that was, that's a lot of emotional stuff. But, um, you know, you just, if you don't, I'm gonna, I mean, if I wouldn't, if I didn't face it and take care of it, I don't know what I'd be doing now. I might not be alive, right? I'd be missing out on all these experiences. Maybe I, I know people who haven't taken care of themselves because they would not admit that this is a challenge they've been, you know, tasked with. And they lost their vision, they're losing limbs, you get amputations, you, what kind of quality of life is that, right? So it's just a hurdle, got a little bit of a hurdle to jump over to do normal things, but it's worth it, you know, all these experiences are way worth it, so. And how beautiful that you're able to muster up the strength to not only uh, learn how to take care of yourself and your own body, but also go and dive into all this education and get your license today to be able to now have offer your knowledge as a, and experience as a service to others I bet it met, it, it, and I'm sure it probably has been already but as you grow your client base I bet it's good it will be so gratifying for you to use all of your experiences which some of them or a lot of them maybe wouldn't be the most pleasant ones but be able to draw from that to share your knowledge with others and to help others to make their experiences easier and better yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that people who are struggling, maybe they're not at a point with their diabetes that I'm at, or maybe it's just you know, a different health concern, but I, ho I hope that they can see that there's possibility, right? Like, you, we can thrive and do well no matter what kind of hurdles, you know, and luckily I wasn't tasked with like um, an, a disabling thing, right? Mm -hmm. I can still do everything. It just takes a little bit of extra time, but I hope that people that, you know, are kind of stuck in that vortex of, figuring out how do I feel about this, see that there's a way through so right. they can really get into life and do stuff. It, it's just going to take some effort, you know. And no, it's not fair, but life's not fair. So I'm hopeful that they can see some, they can see the benefits, you know. There's living after disease. Yeah. And I also hope it helps, you know, if people don't have diabetes, but they do have chronic conditions, I hope that through my services, or even just as relationships that they can see that people do understand, right? Like, I don't have lupus, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis, these types of other things, but I do understand what it's like to manage your conditions and manage conditions that really are not anything you can control. So I'm hopeful that comes through as well. It's not just type 1 diabetes, but 
um, anybody with chronic disease. Like I get it, you know, it's a lot, so. That's really cool. Have you had any instances where you were like close to very uh, bad condition, like close to death or I don't know, like any accidents because oh. of your type one? Uh, well, um, I've had, I've been, I've had a couple of ambulances come pick me up um, from not waking up at night. And, um, and why, why did that happen? Your sugar went too low? Yeah, my blood sugar went too low. It was before I got my continuous glucose monitor. And so the benefit of that, I call it a CGM. Um, well, that's what everybody calls it. But the CGM will alarm at a certain rate, and it does not stop alarming until you acknowledge it. And so that can be very life-saving um, for people who can't really tell if their blood sugar is low. Because there are symptoms, but you get used to them over time, and so you need... It's really useful to have something kind of scream it at you, like, you know, there's an issue, you have to handle it. And so that will, that works at night too. So if your blood sugar drops while you're sleeping, it will wake you up. Um, so those things happened before I had that device and, you know, I just dropped too low in the night and didn't wake up. Um, so, you know, luckily I've been surrounded with good roommates and good friends and uh, my sister, you know, people who know that's what's happening and can respond to that. And so... Um, just really low blood sugars. I've never had issues with high blood sugars. I tend to run very low. Um, my sensitivity to insulin is really, really high. Like I'm so sensitive to it that sometimes it's difficult to kind of taper that, but you know, just do the best you can. But yeah, those are my only brushes. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know. Good, but better I than don't win anymore. <laughs> I know. The CGM, I'm hoping, will uh, make that an, a non issue. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, um, let's transition into your eatwelladlanta.com. And maybe you could speak a little bit um, about what do you do. And I'm really curious to hear more about your philosophy and how you, you approach things. Because I, I find uh, I was looking at your principles earlier. And I, I find them really interesting and really, I would imagine, freeing for people um, who may not be as intimidated as they could have been otherwise. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's how it's coming across. That's what I was hoping. Um, yeah, so Eat Well ATL kind of started um, because, well, it started with Instagram. But every time I would go out to eat, and I go out to eat a lot, oh my gosh, so much, probably not a good level. <laughs> but everybody was like, oh my gosh, what can you eat? You can't eat here. Oh, we can't go here. There's nothing for you. And there has only been maybe one time that there legitimately was not one thing on a menu. And it was like a tiny little restaurant and just everything they had was cooked in butter and whatever. But you know what happened is that that restaurant made me some vegetables without butter and they gave me some rice without chicken stock or whatever they put in it. So there are options they just might not be on the menu. I love it. So I started uh, taking pictures of my food, which is like such a funny, I never thought I would be that person, but um, <laughs> I was so, it's like nobody knows that I can eat things. So I just took pictures and um, I don't know if you noticed, but the prettiest food is the most colorful and the most colorful is fruits and vegetables. And yes, so it is. I was like, gosh, these pictures are looking great. You don't have to do anything, just show up for I it. I know, just <laughs> duh, there's a picture, duh. So uh, I started taking pictures of it on Instagram, and um, I also started linking up, you know, tagging the, the type 1 diabetes community because I would say, like, hey, you know, this is probably what that carb estimate is of this, or, uh, you know, hey, I didn't have a spike for my blood sugar from eating this. So I was kind of merging those two things. 
And, uh, you know, then when I was in uh, clinical training for nutrition, it was like, you know, I don't know where I'll end up working, but I know I really want to make sure that I've got the opportunity to provide services kind of on my own level. So maybe if I can't get into an outpatient clinic where I can do that, I can offer it on the side and kind of keep that passion project going. Um, I just really think that people don't understand that there are um, a million things out there to eat. They think that it's such, oh my gosh, so restrictive, but plant-based eating is so freeing. There's so much to eat. It's just refocusing. And so I was really trying to help build awareness of that. It's like, y'all think we're suffering, but we are, I'm not missing out. <laughs> so um, I've been doing, you know, like the reviews of the restaurants and what do I order here? What do I order to stay plant-based? Um, how good is the restaurant at giving options? How good are they are working with you? Like that one restaurant that remade that dish that's fantastic, right? Like people need to know and support these places that are willing to work with you. Um, but you know, a lot of people, um, maybe eating plant-based or maybe eating healthy isn't as intuitive as it is for me. Cause I've been looking and understanding food for, I'm going to say since I was 10, right? Mm -hmm. Like just, I can look at a dish and understand what's in it to, and what effects it will have. That's not always easy. Right. And so what I wanted to do is make it easy for them to just say like, oh my gosh, I know that this restaurant has this plant-based option. And if I don't know what to order to stay healthy, I saw that somebody else got it, right? And so that's where that came from. And then um, I developed my website, yeah. So quick question as we yeah. go, just so uh, we're on the same page. Uh, I know there are some different people have different definitions of what plant-based means for them. What is your definition? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I pretty, so, you know, um, you know did you read How Not to Die? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So the definition that's provided in there is what I follow, and that is, you know, we're really emphasizing whole plant-based foods, foods that come from plants, and then minimizing animal products. So I am not the person who will send something back if it is made with butter and I did not know, but I will try to avoid mm -hmm. animal products if I can. Um, so, you know, doing your best, choosing those foods that have nothing bad added, but none of the good taken away. I think that's how um, Dr. McGregor talked about it was, um, what did he say? Nothing bad added and nothing good, good taken, taken away. away. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. yeah, so that's my focus. Uh, but no, I am not, I would not turn something away if there was like inadvertent chicken broth cooked with it. I would avoid it if I knew, but if I didn't know, I will probably eat it and then do my best to avoid that next time mm -hmm. so that's my is that a, did I answer that question yeah no absolutely I think yeah. so it's like yeah. the longest answer to that no I think so and it's kind of like what John Mackey talks as well in his book the whole foods diet mm -hmm. is uh, just you know I mean it's according to many scientists and research and correct me if I'm wrong but it's proven that 90 to 95 percent plant-based diet is optimal for human health right yeah 100 percent could be good but then it's if you do 90 to 95 percent from health perspective it is it is good enough right yeah so yeah. Um, and then what at least that what plant-based means for me uh is that it's just mostly it's your meaning that your nutrition is mostly coming from plants yeah and like for myself i'm i also i, I personally stay vegan but i do it for other reasons just than the health reasons and that's my True. personal choice but when i say plant-based um, i understand it or when i hear other people saying plant-based i understand that it's, it means that it mostly is uh, based on plants right um and i really like that um about 
the way you explain it and also the way that you kind of mention it on your website because I think instead of being so extreme to one or the other way, instead of being black and white, you provide so many different like levels and kind of shades of gray that not necessarily gray, that all the different beautiful yeah. colors. <laughs> I know, we need a different analogy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. But um, it's just, it, it's not as intimidating. And that, But then at the same time, instead of being, well, it's either good or bad, it provides you with a, a direction to follow and move forward to and grow up into instead yeah. of being just like, oh, no, this is bad or this is good. And as you said, instead of demonizing certain food or, you know, idealizing others. So that, that's awesome. Um, okay, I'm going to stop interrupting you let you continue. No, <laughs> you know, and I, well, I liked the point you were talking, like, bringing up the, you know, for health-wise, 90 to 95% is great. And, you know, what I was thinking about, if you are eating a plant-based diet that's maybe 100%, and that's really, like, you are just so committed to that, I, what popped into my mind was, like, your mental health, mm -hmm. the, the kind of work that you have to do to accommodate you know, your, the goals you've made for yourself and what kind of effect does that have on your life? Because I think um, not being, don't take on a way of eating if it's so stressful to you because the stress is going to, you're not helping. You're actually hurting yourself. You're doing worse. You know, yeah, you're eating all these good nutrition, nutrient dense foods, but the stress hormones and the stress release is maybe counterbalancing that. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep it at a, make sure it's attainable, right? And that's, Kind of the, and you mentioned that too, is like, I, I want to meet people where they're at. You don't have to come out and just, you know, I'm not going to say like, all right, we're going to cut out your favorite food, no more ice cream, no more this. It's like, listen, if the only way for me to get you to eat like a big salad every day is for you to top it with ranch, okay, fine. We'll start there. Maybe I can get you a plant-based ranch alternative, but like, let's start adding, not taking things away. And mm -hmm. I think the more you add... I think you'll see that you're actually starting, you'll start replacing some of the bad stuff anyway, because you've only got so much room. So I don't want it to be so, you know, crazy. Yeah. And I was really focused on making sure that people got that from that, from my website is like, you do not have to follow plant-based. You don't even have to be interested in plant-based. You know, hopefully through, if someone works with me, if they choose to work with me, they'll, I'll just give them the information, help them reach their goals, but they get to make that choice. Like, yes, I know. But the evidence shows that eating more fruits and vegetables is, you know, not only good for my waist, it's good for my heart and my brain and everything else. And they'll make that choice regardless, but maybe they never do. Whatever. I want to help people get, even make a baby step, right? If you eat one more salad a day, I think I'll count that as a win. Yeah. Just one salad. I love that. A little bit of broccoli, whatever. So... I love that. I love that because it's also something that you mentioned, instead of taking things away, it's adding things. So for me, it's more of, it's focusing on abundance rather than scarcity. Yeah. And it, as you said, like if you just incorporate, and I have several friends who say that, if you just eat more fruits and vegetables in your diet, and eventually it's just going to overcrowd the other things. So yeah. instead of focusing on what you're not allowed to eat, why don't you focus on all the amazing varieties of different colorful fruits and vegetables and mushrooms that they are out there so you can you know you can start there and have fun and and I definitely agree I think there is so many components to our health and nutrition yes it's an important component but then there's also emotions there's there's so many other things there's the social connections that we may have through food with others or social interaction so it's definitely important to keep it balanced and just light it up 
yeah. Oh gosh, the balance is so important. If I couldn't eat out, I feel like I would just melt away. Oh. That's why I'm so happy. You know, Atlanta has such a good food scene. Yes. Oh my gosh. And there are more and more and more restaurants. Just, I feel like I find a new one every week that's either got an amazing plant-based menu and they feature some meat for our meat-loving friends. Um, but the options are, I just can't, I can't say anything. There's only been one time no one has been able to, you know, their menu been able to offer me something and they fixed it anyway. So... Yeah, I just, oh gosh, we're in such a good food town, so. We're very lucky to be here. What are some of your favorites? Oh I love gosh. your Instagram, by the way. The, the <laughs> posts from the uh, True Food Kitchen. I was about to the say. The pizza. Oh, oh, the pizza. That's when people are like, I could never give up pizza. I'm like, there's vegan pizza. Right, you know, like the nut-based um, cheeses are phenomenal. But also, I've been kind of fine with just getting pizzas with no cheese. Sometimes my only options for like um, corporate events or whatever is, well, we're ordering Domino's. We're ordering, and gosh, I know. It's, yeah, it's real sad. <laughs> so when that's my option, it's like, I'll just order one without cheese. And it is not a big deal. The cheese is not the winner for me. It's like the delicious vegetables they've thrown underneath that cheese that end up being so good. Uh -huh. um, but true food is like a dream, and I love it. And it's got, I like that it has good non-alcoholic cocktails. Um, I like wine, but not everybody likes to drink. So it's nice to have a, like a fruity fun option. I love their cocktails too. Oh my gosh. Mm. And they are not all loaded in sugar. Um, I had one the other day that was sparkling water, lavender, and um, lemon. It's called like a Pop de Provence and it was phenomenal. It was 70 calories, right? So it's, I don't know. It was just really nice that they're giving these options that isn't just a a liquid sweetener based concoction they're really thinking through like what's a good fresh ingredient um, I really like them a lot and I think that going to restaurants with plant-based options is a really easy way to expose your friends and family who are a little bit resistant expose them to some of like the really good things that they can get um, I really like Urban Fix. I don't think that they get enough of a, a shout out. Have you been? Yes. Yeah, so okay. many times. <laughs> they do it right. I think I know the menu by heart. It's, it's phenomenal. I always feel, it just confuses me how there's, I don't know how they do it. They're like magic there. It's amazing. Um, and then there's a new one, uh, Child, no, Flower Child. I've seen your post from there, but oh I've not gosh. been there and I have not heard of them yet. Super, super good. They, um, are really, really fun. Their whole restaurant looks like an Instagram post. It's just beautiful. But they're in, uh, they're right by Lennox, they're right by True Foods, so maybe they group all the good foods together. Oh. They're really good. And then Upbeat on the web, the west side. Haven't been there either. Oh, oh my perfect. gosh, it's phenomenal. Going to my list. Yeah. They do, um, I think they have kombucha on tap, which is funny. And then it's just like a huge bar of uh, salads and tofus and seasonings and fresh vegetables and um, it's really, really good. But, I mean, honestly, there's, you know, there's not a restaurant I don't like. Every place has something good. Every place has got, like, a good salad or good vegetables. Even I had to go to, oh, gosh, what was it? Um, it's a steakhouse downtown the other day. Uh, Ted's, Montana Grill. They do, like, bison and um, that kind of stuff. And I had some of the best roasted uh, sweet potatoes and broccoli and... Um, just, they just really did it right. And I asked them, like, please don't put any butter on this. And they didn't. And it was phenomenal. And so I'd really encourage people if they're like, well, I don't, can't eat out. I don't know how to get away from it. Ask your servers. I guarantee you they don't mind 
leaving the butter off, you know, or mm -hmm. cooking it in olive oil instead. Um, so again, like that's the whole thing with Atlanta though, is it's just, everybody's so accommodating and inventive and it's not boring and it's not just always a veggie patty, um, which I do love as well. But you know, oh gosh, yeah, we could talk food forever. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we should have a, a separate episode for this. Yes, part. we'll just do restaurant reviews. Yes. We'll just go eat at restaurants all day. I love it. We should, I'm up <laughs> for it. Um, so tell me uh, what it, it seems like um, the, maybe the social pressure or the peer pressure or the fact, well, I won't be able to get anything if I go to eat out, maybe one of the components. Uh, so you just busted that successfully. <laughs> yeah. What do you think are other things that, um, not necessarily excuses, but maybe the barriers uh, that people see towards adopting more of a plant-based diet uh, that maybe you experienced from some of your clients and how would you suggest people overcome it? I think people don't know where to start, right? So when they're thinking about their meals, really I think culturally when we think about meals, it's like, all right, our main is the meatloaf or our main is the salmon. And then we center all of the food around that. So it's like, yes, we'll have this, you know, beautifully roasted salmon and then uh, we'll get some rice and some broccoli, whatever. And we don't even focus on like the most delicious nutrient dense parts of that meal, which is that like great brown rice and that great broccoli that we can do so much with. Um, and I think when you take, you get rid of that, like that big component, people are like, what, what, how, what do I even cook? Where do I start? And then the other part, you know, I think when we focus all our time learning how to roast a salmon or cook a burger to medium rare or whatever, we are not learning how do I make a really good broccoli? How do I make a really good baked potato? Whatever, even those simple things. And there's so many other versions than just, you know, steamed or roasted broccoli and baked sweet potatoes. There's a thousand things we could do with them, but we don't talk about it because they are just the accompaniments to, you know, what we've made the main focus. And so what I've found really helpful for helping people with that, if they have the income to do it, is doing um, a meal delivery service like Blue Apron or, I yeah, I, um, we've tried every single one and there is a totally plant-based um, delivery service called Purple Carrot, but Purple Carrot's um, palette, their way that they flavored things, their profiles were not what I was looking for. It might work great for some people, but you know, we're, we're not foodies, but like we eat out a lot. So we're looking for certain components. And then um, the bigger box ones that I found, what they ended up doing is they would just make everything so high fat because they're just trying to counterbalance. Uh -huh. like, well, right. Like we know people love to have these like kind of um, heavier satiating things. And it's like, well, yeah, animals are sources of saturated fat. Of course, they're just going to try and add fat to the vegetables to make them palatable. But that is not what I was looking for. Um, you know, we really like Green Chef and I'm not trying to push Green Chef on people, but as far as balancing calories goes and teaching us, you know, how to think about a meal with vegetables as the main and kind of thinking a bit more about like what's the flavor profiles of these vegetables versus them just being on the side and steamed has been really beneficial to have that kind of guide, right? And each, each box is going to kind of force you to do different types of prep work. But if you can find one where they've got, you know, the instruction videos like, well, this is how we julienne carrots and this is what we mean by mincing and this is how we pull all of the fresh herbs off the vine so that you can use them in your dish. 
that forced us to kind of get more comfortable with preparing them. And so once, you know, if we're not using the boxes to cook, it's easier to be like, oh my gosh, I remember that they used, um, you know, lentils in their bolognese and that was phenomenal. Why don't I do the same thing for this meal that I'm making right now? It's like the lentils can be that heavier, quote unquote, meat component that we are so used to using. Um, I think that's, that's really the, people just don't know where to start with it and they're not comfortable cooking vegetables. But thank goodness we have the internet now, so you can YouTube things. Um, that is so cool though that yeah. I never thought about it about the food delivery service as, as forcing you into acquiring the skills and it's so mind-blowing like once you do it one time one time for you to get your hands on the carrots and slice them up a certain way or one time to boil those lentils and then after that you're like oh I've done this before and you're like yeah. a rock star in the kitchen but that first time pushing yourself out of the comfort zone and like having a motivation either it is you know, the financial investment in one of these delivery services or the fact that you kind of committed to this box that just got delivered to your door. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that just that's something to push you out for just a second to try it. And I think it becomes, you right, it just becomes so much easier. That's such a great suggestion. Yeah, it's a good place to start, you know, and it's honestly, when you break it down, it ends up being maybe 10 bucks a meal, uh, maybe a little more depending on what you're getting. But like, I kind of see that as an investment, right? Like, Maybe, and I don't know who, you know, maybe the person isn't quite at that level where there's, they're not, I don't know, they're not fully comfortable, they're not fully immersed, they haven't fully adopted it, but they're going to invest in these meal services. And I know that when they're cooking those meals, they're getting a nutrient-packed, super dense, calorie balanced, like great vegetable meal. And the benefits that those vegetables and those fruits and those whole grains are going to do for you far outweighs that meal costing maybe five dollars more than what else you're going to get it's, it's like an investment right but i it's not everybody's in that financial spot to do that you do have to do it on you know it's a subscription service so you know if you can't do it that way that's i would recommend maybe watching the videos or looking at some of the resources that those companies do provide on food and vegetable prep if you're just not um, in that spot financially and it's not required to get good with that stuff it was just a nice tool right it forces you to do it or you're going to lose all that food mm -hmm. and it, you'll waste your money so I love it look at it as an investment and it's so yeah. cool an investment I mean I've heard about food uh, being talked about as an investment in your physical health but looking at it as an investment in kind of your like your skill set that will get you set to yeah. be better with food and to make better food for yourself in the future that's a really cool way to look at it as well Okay, so uh, if uh, anybody is uh, looking for a consultation or maybe a program to work with, if somebody has just some weight concerns or is looking for some education on the foods they should or shouldn't eat or if there's any kind of need for meal planning and coaching and especially anything related to chronic disease and especially with type 1 diabetes, how would their listeners reach out to you? Well, they can find me on my website. So there's a contact form on there and that, um, you know, it's eatwellatl.com. They could find me on Instagram. They could, I think my email is on my website. You can find me on Facebook. I mean, all my info is out there. If anybody even finds me on Facebook, they automatically have my phone number and my email because I just put it all out there like that. Um, but yeah, any of those ways are, are absolutely perfect. And so. check out the website, uh, eatwellatl.com. And it's 
really straightforward. I like that, you know, you have, you line out who you are and kind of what your principles are. You have uh, uh, your education right there so people can, you know, really look through your very impressive resume and, and see why you have the expertise to help them. And I also love that you have the prices out there. So it's really straightforward about what, what it is that you offer and what it is you're asking for. And you also have your calendar up where you can just yeah. go ahead and book the appointment. And if there's something that someone's looking for that isn't specifically listed, just shoot me a note. You know, I, the listed services aren't a final list, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just what I put out there for right now. So, so if somebody's on the, or on the edge, they're, they're thinking about maybe moving a little bit more towards plan-based or maybe completely going plan-based, but they're, they have a little bit of reservation, they're not completely sure, is there an advice that you can give them or some main takeaways that you would suggest to them? Um, I think I would say, first of all, think about it, right? Like, what's your, why? Why are you thinking about this? Why does it matter? And if it's health, you know, health is such a broad reason. I want people to think about it a little bit more specifically. Like, why does your health matter? Is it so that you can be around for your grandkids? Is it so that you can go running with your dog? I don't know. Whatever it is, you have to figure that out. Because if it's not important to you, then it's going to be tough to do. And then uh, secondly, you know, do start small. Don't try to take everything on all at once. Just add, just keep adding things, right? Like if it's let me add my side salad to my meal or let me add fruit to this oatmeal, whatever, just keep trying to add things versus taking stuff away from yourself. And, and hopefully they'll start to crowd out some of the stuff you wanted to get rid of anyway. So yeah, that's it. it. And um, another question. So where I, I, I hear that you may uh, join me on a little bit of a, a frustration maybe in our current healthcare system and the information that isn't, isn't available and the, the way it's structured and the way services are provided. Um, and maybe about the general awareness and education of population in the health practices that are not good for, for us. Mm -hmm. Where do you see hope um, in, in the changes and maybe in having more education about plant-based diet or maybe some of the reforms or changes maybe coming in healthcare, where, where do you think the change is coming from? And if you do see hope, where do you see it? Well, I think, I think uh, education is our greatest equalizer and having the internet has given all of these people access to a different way of thinking about food and they can see the research for themselves. I think a lot of it's going to come from patients and I think it's a lot of Patients asking like, hey, I saw this and they're saying X, Y, Z. What, why? Well, how does eating vegetables help my heart disease risk, right? So that's a question and it's a conversation they start with their doctor. And their doctor says, oh my gosh, I don't actually have any idea about that. Like, what is the science behind, where did the DASH diet start? You know, all that stuff. So maybe it spurs the health professional to do that. And I think, um, you know, as we start to think about how we are like how we function as individuals in the community, it's forcing our employers and our healthcare providers to start to think about like, how do we keep people healthier and happier longer so that they are all productive citizens? And so they're starting to think about it on a, how do I like a sustain this, mm -hmm. you know, and sustaining sick people is really, really tough. And food is a cheap and easy way to start kind of shifting things around. So I think it's more about people asking the right questions and being exposed to things. And that has its own problems too, right? Because then we've got the Dr. Oz's and the food babes of the world messing up our messaging. But 
Uh, you know, if Food Babe spurs somebody to reach out and say, I want to know the science behind XYZ, fine. She can stay, I guess. But um, <laughs> I think the biggest, the biggest part's going to be from consumers wanting to, you know, why the heck haven't we been using food? I don't want to take medicine. I just want to do this an easier way. We've got to eat anyway. We might as well be, you know, quote unquote, taking medicine through just eating. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, I, I agree with you 100%. And food, I mean, food is such a powerful component. And I feel like it really doesn't get enough creds. Because, I mean, our daily decisions, like many, many, many times a day, are, are surrounded around food and food influences yeah. you know our wallet it influences the country's economy it influences the household budget it influences our health it influences so so many different things and it like trickles down in so many different ways so but it, it still comes down to the daily choices that we make as individuals mm -hmm. on on hourly basis sometimes or on semi-hourly basis so it's yeah, definitely looking at it as a, as a as a vehicle and being and thinking through the consequences of it and making it meaningful and acting with intention is something that can be so helpful on so many levels in so many different areas. Yeah, 100. Really uh, so I'm curious, what about uh, you're you're engaged, right? You're mm -hmm. not married. Yeah, you're engaged. Not yet. What yeah. about what about your fiance and what was kind of his reaction towards your plant based journey? Uh, he, well, he's real supportive and he also just kind of, you know, he's a big science guy too, right? He's like, oh, well, if that's, if that's what the research says, then yes, we will do that. I love that. Uh, <laughs> now does he fully avoid meat like I do? No. He has like a, a burger or a steak maybe once a week. He's like, it's my meat of the week. I get one meat of the week and I'm fine with it. You know, it's, hey, you're eating all vegetables and then one time you're going to eat an animal, which, you know, we do have the, the enzymes to digest animals. We have been doing it forever. Um, it's not what I prefer for him, but if it keeps him on the vegetable path, fine. Just eat your one burger. Usually when we go out, he'll do that because we don't keep any, um, we have no animal products in our house. Mm -hmm. Maybe some honey somewhere. Um, that's the closest we get. But he's been really supportive. Um, he, you know, really respects science, and he's seen the science. He sees all the textbooks that I have laying around, and um, he's been really, really, really good about it. And probably the biggest advocate, because he did lower his cholesterol a lot from uh, cutting out meat almost entirely. So he's been just really pro about that. I'm like, finally, if it's not coming from me, people will listen. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, he's been it. good. And our... Um, He's been really kind about our uh, wedding menu featuring, it's, it'll be predominantly plant-based. Oh we, we're going to give, I think we might have a fish option for people. We have had a lot of pushback on our, on our wedding menu being all vegetables. Uh, but yeah, he was like, yeah, let's do plant-based. Let's give them one sustainable, local, locally sourced option. I'm, I'm fine with it. So it'll be a smaller portion of our menu that is like a fish. I know it makes me sad too, but everything else there'll be no dairy no um, yeah so I'm pretty proud that about is it. no incredible. cheese yeah. I know I hope everybody likes it I hope they don't even notice yes so but yeah he was really cool about that too that is awesome so yeah. you have a date set already yeah yeah May 4th uh oh we're real God. nerdy so it's May the 4th be with you uh from like Star Wars and uh, I love that yeah that makes me so happy and we're uh we got lucky because we're doing it at Empire State South and they're another really fantastic restaurant in Midtown 
Um, everything they do there is uh, seasonal and local, and uh, I think they focus on sustainability. Don't quote me on that, but they've got some amazing vegetable um, dishes that are just to die for. So getting to work with them on the menu planning is fantastic. We can't even choose our menu until a month out because it's all seasonal. Mm -hmm. So we won't even know what we'll have, but yeah, they're really great. That is, I'm so, that's so cool that you're doing that. Yeah, I'm pumped about know. it. That's awesome. Okay, so before I, I ask my uh, last question, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on uh, that you wanted to share with listeners in relation to anything? Uh, oh gosh, no, I feel like we really got into a lot of stuff. I don't think there's anything to add, you know, I just hope people are a little bit more open to it, do their own research, you know. There's no stupid questions, so if they're like, I don't understand how this works, like, where do you get your protein from? Fine, ask it. I Let me talk you through it. We get plenty of protein. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just don't want people to feel off-put or like this is some exclusive club where it's very like, oh, well, I saw you eat a hot dog. We'll never be friends. That is not true, you know. If you have to have your hot dog, I don't, whatever. Let's get some veggies on it. So ask the questions, try to get involved, come be part of our little non-exclusive club. No, I think that's I about it. it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so um, usually I always like to ask uh, the guests of my show how they define their kindness, what kindness means to them, and uh, how they put behind it, and how they get to intentionally follow it in, our, in their daily lives. So what, how does that play out in your life, what kindness means to you? Yeah, I, I really like this question. Um, I think... The way that I would define it is being kind to yourself allows you to be kinder to others. I think um, societally, especially women, we don't do a lot of self-care. It's a lot of very much, you know, let's give and give and give. And sometimes that leads us to kind of forget about the fact that we're not fueling ourselves properly and we're not taking time to... Um, you know, deal with emotions or handle stress or maybe see a therapist. We're not doing stuff to take care of ourselves. And I think that that is really unkind to ourselves. So I would just kind of focus it back on you have to take care of yourself. And that includes mental health and that includes food. Oh, gosh, so much food. Um, and it includes kind of, you know, seeking out the help when you need it. So if you can't figure out how to handle some stressful times, find somebody that can help you. Be you know, forgiving to yourself that you need to ask for help and um, be forgiving to yourself when you make a mistake, you know, it's, we're just going to keep going, you know, it's, none of us are going to make it out of here alive, you know, I wish that we, I wish that we were, but we're not, and so it's kind of like, let's like step back and refocus, how do we make the time here the best time that we can have, and I think that really circles back on if you're not taking care of yourself, are you giving yourself the best time? You know, are you able to take that once-in-a-lifetime trip? I hope so, because you've been fueling yourself properly and exercising, and you're in a good spot, and you can do those things physically and handle them emotionally. But, um, you know, sometimes we hold ourselves back by not taking the time for our self-care and being kind to ourselves and forgiving of ourselves. We're going to make mistakes. We're all people. You know, that's what we do. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. Just be kind to yourself, and then hopefully it'll trickle out and you'll be kind to everyone else. I love it. I think that's such a much needed message nowadays. Oh you're gosh, right, yeah. Over, overstep. And the way I so 100% agree with you. The way I look at it, it's like us, like this, our own bodies is the closest thing that we have to the universe, right? So if you wanted mm -hmm. to spread out, like you start 
through with your body first and then like you can reach out to other people your community or whatever city country and go further but yeah. it starts with you yeah so if you can't you can't just like step over that first little step and right. then like go to others like you have to infuse this being with kindness first this is so cool i love it yeah thank you so much for your time today i really yeah. enjoyed our conversation thanks me too for more information you can go to followyourkind.com or follow me on instagram at kind christina Please also subscribe to the show and give me a good review. Thanks for stopping by.